0: OK, we're going to begin this story. It's called The Bus and the Augur. It's from It's a Rum Life, book 3, New Bolinbroke, 1970-1980. My Thai collections business had been running for a few months alongside my work for Firestone. Following a few raised eyebrows and a long talk to Henry Offala, my then boss, I eventually left the company. But now the new business needed a boost. It was not yet paying sufficiently to live on, and we had invested in a new, in a second-hand Volkswagen pickup that was not in use all day, every day. Our neighbours, John H. Rundle, were the local agricultural engineers, well respected in the county, and suppliers to farmers for miles around. Augers. From time to time, they used my newly inspired small transport service to back up their one lorry. On this memorable occasion, I was using faithful old Volkswagen to transport an auger. For those that may not be aware of the vagaries of agriculture equipment, an auger is like a huge Archimedean screw in a long tube. They're used to move grain from one place to another. In fact, if you stick one end into a grain mountain on the floor and place the top end over a lorry it'll fill the lorry in double quick time with only minimum shoveling necessary to keep the open end of the auger at the bottom filled with grain. The screw down the centre is powered by an electric motor mounted on one end and driving the screw with belt and pulleys. The lengths of tube varied enormously, and the widths too come to that. When they are particularly long, they are supported by steel rods running the length of the outside of the tube. These rods prevent the tube buckling and bending the auger inside once in position and suitably secured the internal screw revolves rapidly and spews grain out at a tremendous speed and pressure this one i was carrying was long it had those steel rods two of them one on each side A very large electric motor was mounted on one end and I had been engaged to deliver it to a farmer client who had decided he had nothing to move his corn and vehicles were coming to collect it that very same day. Rundle's own lorry was away for the day. If I remember correctly, it overhung the truck by about eight feet at the front and eight feet at the back, in which case it must have been about thirty feet long. The front end was pointing upwards and the bottom end, complete with its motor, towards the ground. The back had a huge flag attached and I was not going very far, just the other side of Boston, in the direction of Spaulding, about 20 miles or so. The auger nearly didn't make it to its destination. The journey. For mile after mile, I watched the front meticulously, but there was never anything in my way. Arriving at the town, Boston, I watched the buildings in all the streets to make sure the auger did not go through any windows or catch any lamp standards. Just by the Odeon Cinema, I arrived at some traffic lights at the approach to the river bridge. As I was slowing gradually, eyes in all direction at once, someone hooted their horn. My eyes were diverted for just a second or two and in that instant a double-decker bus had decided to stop directly in front. Rapidly stamping on my brakes resulted in the truck dipping forwards and the two steel support rods of the auger ended poking through the back of the double-decker bus just below the rotary sign that tells you where it is going. I did manage to stop before the rods went in too far, that is, into the seats. As the truck rocked back on its suspension, the two rods reappeared and left two staring eyes dead centre in the bus' body just a short distance below that rotary signboard. The driver appeared and looked somewhat bewildered. Well, I never did, he exclaimed. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Perhaps his exact words were somewhat more colourful. The auger did not seem to have sustained any damage and the bus driver was somewhat amused. There were two beautifully symmetrical holes close to where his vehicle number was painted and nothing else to see. At the bus depot. The bus depot on London Road was en route for both of us and we called in. Complete with a bus loaded with amused passengers Together we confronted his supervisor Disbelief and baffled would possibly describe his reaction I left my details and went on my way closely followed by the bus That decided to let me go ahead this time The fact that I did know the local bus supervisor personally Was a total coincidence he and his good lady wife had been lodgers with my grandmother at 129 London Road, just opposite the bus depot, for several months just after they had been married in the 1960s and Jeff was in those early days a driver for the bus company. I don't think I ever heard anything else about this incident. Perhaps it was too far-fetched for even a bus company management to believe. Now, we've got a new ending to all these audio stories and videos. Um, now, since <laughs> since COVID became a major part of all our lives and we decided to close our online shop and make all Cracker Books publications free access to anyone and everyone via the internet. So you can download our complete books, audio stories and videos to any device of your choice, when you like, where you like completely free of charge. Full details are accessible on our new website at www.itsarumlife.com. That's spelt I-T-S-A-R-U-M-L-I-F-E dot com. There we are. Thank you for listening.